we were kind of like of the mind where it's like, it's not all about the money, right? But all of a sudden, we had to start thinking, it is like without the money, <laughs> we don't have a business. Like, let's wake up and stop trying to like be, you know, ridiculous here. Like we do need the money. And if we don't start focusing our attention on making smart decisions for money, then we don't have it. We can't help anybody. You're listening to the Money Lab podcast, the podcast to explore and learn through money stories and concepts that will inspire you to open up your money flow for prosperity, success, and happiness in your life. And here's your host, CEO and founding member of the Six Figure Academy, Wei Hong. So my guest for this episode of The Money Life has such a cool name, first and foremost, and I'm sure we're going to dive into a little bit about that. Uh, his name is Adam Force, and he is absolutely a force by nature based on, you know, you, well, you'll see in a moment. But basically, he had worked at WebMD for about 10 years at Director of Strategic Marketing. Most of us who ever Google and try to find out what's wrong with ourselves <laughs> have gone to <laughs> WebMD. And then from there, he probably realized something and started his second business called Change Creator, which is going to be the source of a lot of what we're going to be talking about today. Which And that Change Creator is an educational media platform which empowers conscious entrepreneurs, which I absolutely love, to change the status quo because we'll definitely get into this based on what's going on in the world and how important conscious entrepreneurship is in this time, during this time. Now, Change Creator currently offers a podcast, which is a premier digital magazine with 30 editions reaching over 140 countries and over 200 plus expert interviews. And you'll know some of the names with people such as Richard Branson, one of my favorites, Ariana Huffington, Jay Shetty, and Nobel Peace Prize winner Muhammad Yunus. And for the past 15 years, Adam and his team have become experts in storytelling, marketing online, and building four businesses and creating strategies for the biggest brands in the world. Their, his particular method called the Captain Method is their signature program which helps entrepreneurs supercharge their marketing with storytelling to build trust and get consistent sales. I'm super excited not only to hear about all that he's doing, but the big money story behind all that that he had to get through just to create all that he has today. So welcome to the show, Adam Force. I'm looking forward to be, you being a force of nature on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the great intro, Way, and for having me on the show. I'm excited to share any insights I can to help others on their journey. Yeah, you know, and it's it, what's what's interesting is this is that you know when we people like you and I who focus on you know serving other entrepreneurs and helping other entrepreneurs navigate probably some of the challenges that we ourselves navigated in life. You know, there's inevitably a moment where we come against a wall of, oh, wait, I have to make money doing this. I can't just serve without making money. I can't just serve from a cave, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. what was your what was your money story then? And let's get that out of the way so we can dive into mm -hmm. all that is the world of Adam Force. But what was the money story that you grew up with that you had to overcome or maybe are still dealing with today in terms of having to kind of manage yeah. so to speak yeah i mean I, I think it is an ongoing process to constantly grow and evolve when it comes to the money story and so for me it started obviously when i was young and i learned that um, you have to work hard 
to be successful, to make money and that money doesn't grow on trees. Um, you know, so for me, the mindset was it's really difficult to make a lot of money and you have to put a lot of time and energy and take lots of risks in order to get there. Um, so I, I guess the, the, the summary of that is money is tough to get. Like that's kind of like got stuck in my head. So for many years, um, there was a struggle, right? Like we, we always, my, um, people I worked with, we'd be like, man, we're like the smartest dumb people. <laughs> like, why are we, like we can make other people millions of dollars and we would struggle with things on our own when we're really close and it's our own thing. Like what was, what was the issue? What was holding us back? And we had to really get away from thinking about just the, the tactics and the strategies. We can do that stuff all day long. It really came down to how our, mindset was framed around money in order to carry ourselves a certain way, but also make certain decisions. Yeah. I, it, you know, and, and, and here's the thing is that most of the people who are listening to this are very familiar with that story. And it's funny, yeah. we were just talking about this before we started recording was, you know, I don't know why we've never had the title of this, you know, the title of this particular episode is the money doesn't grow on trees money story. Because I think so many people have that exact same money story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course, it's I can imagine it's one of the most common because, you know, any any time for most people, money growing up is a struggle. Parents are working every day, nine to five, trying to raise the kids. And so when the kids want, 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 the number one thing that comes up is, hey, money doesn't grow on trees. And you hear it right. over and over and over. Right. And who was the who was the one that taught you that phrase? Who was the one that used that phrase on you growing up? Mostly my father. You know, he was all about like, hey, we're going to go to Hawaii as a family. And hey, if you want this, if you like all this, you got to work hard. You know, money's not it doesn't come easy. Like constantly telling me that it doesn't come easy. I'm like, Jeez, dude. <laughs> now that I look back, I'm like, you're killing me, man. You're killing me. <laughs> and and then <laughs> And then what happened? Did it? Did he ever talk about the other side of it? If money comes easy, does it? I mean, money. If making money is hard, did did he say, well, spending money is hard too, or is or was there a flip side um, to it? No, he he was all about like he would be okay with the spending. Let's go on big vacations. Let's go do things. This is why we make money. It's to enjoy life. It's to do the things that we um, are interested in and take care of our families. So to him, there is the other end, which was yes, like do nice things, buy nice things, like take care of yourself and all that kind of stuff. Go on big vacations, but it was just the the former, which is getting the money to begin with. That's the hard part. So that's the way it was always framed mm -hmm. up for me. Yeah. And it's interesting because I think you're not alone in that. So many people have that, you know, you work hard, you play hard. Right. And, yeah. you know, what I don't do you think that that had an impact in terms of how you perceive play that play couldn't be fun and easy? It, it actually there's a correlation because if you work hard and you play hard, there's a word, the word hard is then associated with play. Um, I have no problem with play. <laughs> okay? I was, uh, you know, a, a record label owner out of New York City. We partied, did our thing, and I probably was too much play. And the more money I made, I was all about saving and preserving um, for sure. But I always found a way to spend, meaning my, like T. Harv Ecker talks about the money thermostat. 
if right. I made more money somehow, some way, I got it back down to a certain status quo that I always had. And it mm -hmm. took years for me to look back and be like, wait a minute. Why do I always find myself back at the same like savings like number, right? <laughs> like, mm, right, right. Yeah. So, so we call we call that a prosperity container in our camp over here, where that ah. you you have a specific limitation, right? Um, and, and and what was that? What was that limitation? And how did you how did you realize that there was this pattern that was emerging in terms of okay, you make no matter how much money you made, you found yourself going back to a certain level. Was that what what was going on? Yeah, that was what was going on. Um, and I realized that. And I guess it's why I always, when people ask me a favorite book that I refer, it is it is T. Harf Ecker's book, um, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, because mm -hmm. that was the first real money mindset book that I read. And it kind of opened up my eyes like, oh, there's this whole money blueprint that I was not aware of. And then I, mm -hmm. it started making me look at my own life and get oriented. Like, what is my situation? And I started to take notice. Yeah. Yeah. And and so what where were you? Were you already uh, out of WebMD? Were you in your own business when you had this awareness? I was in WebMD towards the end and it was during that time that I started my first business which was the record label Alter Image Recordings. Nice. Okay, so so what triggered that that awareness? What triggered that's like, "Oh, I have to deal with that." <laughs> because otherwise it, it, I won't Yeah, be able to... it was because I wanted to have more wealth accumulation, um, not for the sake of having wealth, but because I wanted to have certain things in my lifestyle and live a certain way and go on certain trips and things. So if I kept myself treading water, then those things wouldn't happen. So for me, the motivating factor was to um, create some kind of change in my behavior so that I can you know, have better results and learn how to uh, save more money, learn how to make more money. I'm not, I'm not much of a preservationist in the sense of, oh, if we, if we're spending a lot right now, then we better start saving. I'd rather be of the mm -hmm. mind where it's, if we're spending a lot right now, then we need to make more. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Exactly. Money needs to flow. Right. Yes. So what do you think you picked up that propensity to, um, you know, to, to save money only up to a certain point and then, then you got to spend it. It's almost like that there's like a threshold. And then if it gets too high, then you have to kind of make sure you spend it until it gets back to that threshold yeah. again. I think it was just self-identification. Like I never saw myself as somebody making a lot of money. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, great. And once I got to a certain point, I was so comfortable, like, oh, I'm doing pretty good. I can, mm -hmm. I've now earned the right to go and make a big purchase. So as soon as I got to a certain point of wealth accumulation, it would mean, okay, now I can go buy this. I always had something ready to go and, you know, do mm -hmm. or whatever mm -hmm. that would then say, because I got to this point of savings, now I can buy this trip for 10 grand or a new car for 50 or whatever it is, you know? Mm. I mean, based on what you were saying earlier, I mean, it sounds like something that your dad would do. That's exactly right. So it's like you're rewarding yourself with the money that you earned rather than 
saving it and reinvesting. Now he does reinvest and all that, but that was not the conversations we always had when I was younger. It wasn't the money mindset, like, you know, rich dad, poor dad, right? It wasn't the rich dad mindset. Right, right. Exactly. Oh no, I grew up in that environment too, where I had a poor dad mind, poor dad as a dad. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant, brilliant guy. It could have been multi, multi. I mean, because of him, we have laser printers in the world. So he could have been right. Yeah. Had he had that, uh, rich, rich dad mindset. I think that the challenge was his growing up, his upbringing also contributed to how he approached money and thus, you know, uh, recognizing the value of how he can monetize his genius, so to speak. Right. That's it, man. I mean, it all it just as I go through life, you know, I'm 40 years old now. I've been around Mm -hmm. the block for a little while and um, I continue to learn, which is one thing I love about life itself. It's just the ongoing educational process. And there's always something new to uncover, not only about just everyday stuff, but yourself. Right. And so for me, the more I like I stop like I do. I read business books. Yes, I do. But I've gotten so much more into reading about the subconscious mind and understanding my own own behavior and those things it it's you start realizing that everything really comes down to just how you decide to see the world and what mm-hmm. is actually influencing you to see it that way right no and, and that and that makes a lot of sense i mean that's why that's probably why you and i are having this conversation my entire world in terms of what we do here in our camp is all about the unconscious mind because at the end of the day that's where it all comes from yeah. You know, yeah. everything that we do, all of our behavior patterns, all of our stories, right. you know, even I mean, even when you're doing storytelling, what you're doing, you're titillating and tantalizing the unconscious mind. Right. Yes. So what was the biggest uh, what was the biggest stopping point? What was the biggest block for you when it came to money, especially stepping into the world of entrepreneurship? I'm sure you've experienced this as well as well as probably thousands of I mean, entrepreneurs all over the world that. There is there comes a moment where you realize I need to address this thing I have, this relationship I have with money if I'm going to be a successful entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What uh, was that? What was the moment? Because if you're working for somebody, WebMD, yeah, maybe you would hit upon it every once in a while, but hey, they're paying you. Yeah. It's not your business. You can just kind of like deal with it later. Yes. But I think at some point, what was the point that you realized, I got to take care of this. I got to take care of this money story that is shackling me, holding me back, and may not be serving what it is that I'm here to do. Right. So, you know, I started Change Creator because I felt I was traveling from Philadelphia to New York and back and forth because we moved from New York to Philly with because my wife's job. And um, so -hmm. I was traveling four hours a day. And you can imagine I started getting that sense of like burnout. Right. Right. And we got into this whole big thing where we took a trip and we went out to a very remote area and I decided, wow, I was feeling burnout. And that's why we went. That was the original intention. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was actually what I realized out there is that I wasn't burnt out because of hard work and, and long hours. It was because I was doing work that wasn't meaningful to me, right? It was good. Uh, it was a great company, great job, uh, right. good people. I learned a lot, but it wasn't meaningful to me. And it didn't align closely with my personal truth of who I was supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. So I started having that uh, uh, awareness and I was like, 10 years from now, do I want to what? become the VP and continue this path. And I was like, no way. So that I, long story short, I, I, I started change creator because I wanted to see more social entrepreneurship around the world. Um, mm-hmm. And this is where it got interesting, right? So to answer your question, uh, change creator is a media company that is highlighting entrepreneurs who are living, you know, their truth, 
and contributing right. to the world in a very fulfilling way. How are we solving social problems? How are we solving environmental problems? They were these people that we put on the covers of our magazine, like Jake Orak. He's not on Forbes cover. He's not on Entrepreneurs cover. They don't highlight these guys, right? right. So I created a magazine and a podcast and all this stuff and. You know what? Where I, I realized, you know, the block was, and I had to change my money mindset. Was I'm a guy who's willing to do anything it takes to get something done. I will work hard day and night. I was waking up at three in the morning to start a business before I got on the train from Philly to New York. All that stuff. I don't care. Mm -hmm. However, mm -hmm. two years of change creator went by, which also meant eighty thousand dollars was spent. Right. Mm, Magazines wow. don't come cheap, man. They have right. a lot of overhead. And oh, we yeah. were we were in the top 10 ranks of iTunes and we were getting up to a thousand subscribers in a week. And we had famous wow. people on there like Ariana. I strategically got Ariana Huffington. Then I got Tony Robbins and I just like stacked them, you know. Mm -hmm. But they while that was happening, what I underestimated was one. It wasn't really having the impact on the entrepreneurs that really was meaningful enough for me. But mm -hmm. two, we spent 80 grand and we weren't really profitable because it was very expensive to get to the, the volume that we were at, right? So the right. marketing dollars was kind of off. And I was like, oh my God, like we're not making enough money. And I feel like I'm just this guy who's working really, really hard, but just not mm -hmm. really getting the, the return that I should be, right? And that's right. when I started really looking at myself saying, wait a minute, is the maybe I'm answering the wrong? I'm asking the wrong questions. Is this business model the right business model for me? Right, right. right. And that started really like I'm doing a lot for a little. That's it was just the wrong mindset. The mindset led me there. Ah, doing a lot for a little. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. And so, so how is that related to the money story that you grew up with? You're doing a lot for a little. Because I think that you have to work hard for your money. So for me, it was, uh, okay, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to keep going. I'll put in the hours. I worked every weekend and I was going on and on and on. And I kept saying, like, if I do this, I'll get there. Okay, we're not selling enough magazines yet. But if I can get Ariana Huffington on the cover, then and then, then it's going to blow up. And, you know, all this stuff. And I didn't take into account that, you know, when you're selling a $20 subscription, your marketing power is very, very limited to run ads and things like that. So it gets very mm -hmm. tricky with that mm -hmm. business model. So, you know, I had to start wondering, like, why am I treading water here? I'm like breaking even or even at a loss, like the first year and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. And it just wasn't making sense. I'm like, how do you make this work? And I tried everything to try to make it work. Partnerships, everything. Right. And it was just constantly holding me back. So I'm like, I'm just working like a bajillion hours for very little. Um, right. I'm like, we're just something's not my money mindset. I realized just wasn't in the right place. Right. And, and what was what was the moment where you realized, oh, I got to fix that money mindset piece? I mean, because like you said, you were trying and, 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 and I love that you shared that because I think every entrepreneur goes through that when something isn't working in their business, they turn to what the marketing tactics, the sales tactics, yeah. the funnel tactics, you know, all <laughs> these different tactics and strategies that are very clinical and very paint by numbers, thinking that that's the solution. I mean, in other yeah. words, they're trimming the hedges, right? Yes. And and. and and when you realize, wait a minute, it's still growing back funky. When did you realize there was something deeper? Um, it was after, I think, two and a half years of tactical trial and error with marketing strategies and different things where I finally was like, 
we need to take a deeper look at what's going on here. Why am I continuing to make these decisions? Like mm. what's leading me to these conclusions? And I started reading books like T. Harv Ecker. So instead of reading books about marketing and user experience and all this other stuff, I started reading books about money mindset. I was like, mm -hmm. let's read about money. <laughs> and then right. it started making me realize these things. I was like, okay, so maybe I'm like just treading water, just like a person who says, how come I always get stuck dating this kind of guy who treats me so bad? And it's like this loop that they're in, right? right. I was stuck in a loop of like, do a lot of work, get a little return. That was it. That was my loop. Yeah. And, now, and I, I will also add, way one, uh -huh. one quick thing to add is the magazine, the podcast, these are all great things. But right. you have to you can do the right things at the wrong time in your business. So that's what right. happened there. Right. It was just something that was a slightly out of order, right? And I think out of order. Right. And and I think one of the ways that I came across because I didn't choose my niche. Uh, I think my audience chose it for me. And it was it was purely by just kind of meandering along, helping other entrepreneurs and coaching and helping yeah. them kind of like break through their blocks and realizing, oh, what if I help them take care of the money piece first? <laughs> mm -hmm. What exactly. will that do to the business, right? And so it sounds like that's what you came to realization. Wait, wait, I got to take care of this mindset. I got to take care of my relationship with my money. And so how did you do that? How did you stop yourself and say, okay, great, because a lot of people will see it, but they won't know what to do with it, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is a good question. So I would, luckily at the time, I was able to convince the first writer I had for the first magazine to come in and as a co-founder because she was an expert in many fields that complemented our business. Mm -hmm. um, and so I had someone to kind of bounce things around with. Um, and it was me reading a lot of books at the time. I read a lot of books, got a lot of ideas. I started learning about the subconscious, um, biology of belief I read, and I read all these Perfect. other books. Yep. Awesome. And so going through all that stuff really opened my eyes. And I was like, I honestly got more into meditation and affirmations and how uh -huh. do I actually reprogram what I'm doing? And the more I let that marinate, the more I kept saying things to myself, like I say, you know, uh, money and wealth come easy to me, like very simple affirmations. And I do it at certain times, like right when I'm waking up or right when I'm going to bed, like stuff like that. And I think over time when you're constantly saying this stuff, um, you start feeling like it wasn't even just saying it. It's like I had to constantly make myself feel like I was mm, someone who had seven right. or eight figures. I would envision my bank account with certain like numbers in it and make it like, how would I feel if this really was what was going on today? And I was able to buy my parents a new house and I was able to do these things that I've always wanted. Like what is, the, the feeling was the most important part for me to get right. through. Right. Because it, that then it made, made it more than just the mindset piece. Because, you know, like you, I think a lot of people turn to affirmations as a way to kind of break the pattern. Have, was there ever a moment that you felt that these affirmations aren't working? It's not working. It's not working. Or, you know, because a lot of people do affirmations and then they realize, wait, I don't I don't see results. Nothing's happening. It was. And I, I did go through that, actually. It's an interesting point you brought up. And that's where I learned through books, finding the right books, people who take you a little deeper with insights that mm -hmm. you had to actually, it's not just about saying it a thousand times, it's about feeling it. That was the mm -hmm. most important add-on to my experience. Because when you feel that way, and mm -hmm. you're regularly, like, it's kind of like when you're like, if you're watching TV, and you're constantly saying, oh, this sucks. Oh, you're this. And you're, 
just because you're saying it at someone else, you're still saying it. So you're programming yourself, right? Like you're constantly saying things. And I learned the same thing goes with money. So as you kept feeling a certain way, if I felt that way, I would make different decisions, Mm -hmm. you know? And so my decision-making started shifting um, Mm -hmm. and the strategies we put together started shifting. So like, here's a major, here's an example way of a major change we made a while ago. I was so proud of this magazine. We got, like you said, Richard Branson, all these famous right. people. And it was, uh-huh. it's, it's amazing. Like I was like, I can't believe yeah, I'm interviewing these guys. Right. And, yeah. you know, but I had to take a serious step back and say, all right, with my new money mindset, is this magazine something I should continue pursuing? Even mm. though it's like the major pillar of our brand equity. Right? right. So we actually stopped producing the magazine. This was a huge decision wow. and we put a halt to it. So after Blake Makoski, the founder of Tom's, we did a video interview, did a whole big thing. Um, that was our 30th edition. We stopped, but we didn't cancel. Like it didn't go away. So this is an app and we reframed the business model to mm-hmm. keep the brand equity alive, which means we have an app. We have now a library of 30 premium magazines with so much incredible content from incredible people that mm-hmm. that's one part of the app. And then the other part is content from our blog that flows in articles. So there's regular updates to the app and we still mm-hmm. sell it now for just like a couple bucks, right? A monthly right. thing. You can get in, get access to all the content. We just stopped producing new magazines. That's all. Right. Ah, uh, okay. So it was a shift, right? It was a pivot. It's a pivot. Exactly. So that was a major, major decision from the new money mindset, because now what was part of our value ladder, as Russell Brunson calls it for our business plan, was Uh to get into online courses, but it was meant to be done later. This is out of order. We should have been doing this first. And so we surveyed our audience. We spoke to everyone in our email list and subscriber base from the magazine, got a bunch of intel, and we found out that a lot of people are a master of their craft. They're passionate about what they do, but mm-hmm. they don't understand how to communicate their brand story, how to position themselves, and how to mm-hmm. get people to uh, be attracted to what they're doing and be part of what they're doing. So that's their storytelling, their marketing. This is where all of our experience comes into play. We have over 30 years, me and my co-founder, of combined experience. So we started the Captivate Method, and that's where we are today, and it's a whole new dynamic in how we're bringing in money. Right. And and do you think that if you had not kind of dropped the tactics, dropped the money and just turned your attention back to yourself and focused on your relationship with money, your stories around money, would you have been able to make that pivot and adaptation to your business so that your business could actually start to thrive? I wouldn't have made the pivot. No. Right. No yeah. way. So, I mean, it was only because of that self uh, inventory, I call it, you know. Yeah. And, and I love that because I think it's such a cool point in, in, in your story that people need to hopefully pay attention to is that, you know, so many entrepreneurs, they, they get frustrated, they get burnt out trying to do what everybody else is telling them to do. Right. Everybody yep. has an opinion on how to be an entrepreneur, how <laughs> yeah. to be successful. Right. And then what we what we don't realize that everybody has a unique code of how they become successful and that code lives within them and that you may be in the same industry as somebody else doing the exact same thing because I'm sure there's other magazines out there. I'm sure there's other platforms out there for podcasting and interviews and whatnot, right? And content delivery yep. systems. But what will separate you is when you have your own unique, I guess, frequency infused into how you do your business. And I think... 
it sounds like when you had that breakthrough around money, that's what it affords you the ability to not only do, but to see, but to be able to apply and take action on. That's it. You call it frequency and we call it our core story, dude. It's just, you're exactly it. It's like aligning to what makes you, you, this differentiates mm-hmm. you and it helps you thrive, but also wake up happier every day. Cause you have more alignment with your outer world and your inner world. But right. like, as you're doing this, like you're making like Amy and I, Amy's my co-founder. We had to really say like, we were social entrepreneurs. We're here to help people change the world that they'll change the status quo. So mm-hmm. like we were kind of like of the mind where it's like, it's not all about the money, right? But all of a sudden, we had to start thinking. Oh wait, <laughs> it is like money. without the money, <laughs> we don't have a business. Like, let's wake up right. and stop trying to like be you know ridiculous here. Like we do need the money, and if we don't start focusing our attention on making smart decisions for money, then we don't have it. We can't help anybody. So now right. you know what we say, like in our webinars and our talks, we say, if you love your customers, you sell to them. Right. Right. We want you to get rich, rich in money, joy and fulfillment. Like this is what it's all about. And so we tie all that together. Yeah. And and that's then that's why the word prosperity is a much more applicable description to what it means to be socially conscious and wealthy at the same time. Yeah. The prosperly abundant. Right. Um, That's it. You know, the word rich and everything, there's 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 so much colloquial societal um, stigma around using those words that that's yeah. why I think a lot of people have moved away from that. I knew there was a reason why you and I needed to connect and actually talk because we talk <laughs> it the is same stigma. language, yeah. just in a different dialect, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. And that is a stigma. And we see it all the time, especially with the social entrepreneur space. You know, they yeah. have this hate towards money it causes all i you know the root of all evil like all that kind of stuff comes into the mind and if that's how you feel you're you're never gonna have much of it right exactly i mean if you you think of your relationship with money think of money as a step as another person right and then if you're dating somebody and you're vilifying them and you think they're bad do you think that person will want to stay around (laughs) <laughs> right exactly <laughs> exactly it, it, but you know it's these simple things that it comes down again to the mindset where it's like people would say what's the difference between an economic entrepreneur and a social entrepreneur and i say it's the decisions that we make what's the difference between an entrepreneur who understands money mindset and one that doesn't mm-hmm. it's the decisions mm-hmm. that we make right and i love that you are talking about and it's so it's so relevant in this day and age especially after the year that we've been having thus far here in 2020 which is the time of this recording yeah how important it is and i'm hoping that you know th- the people in your audience are really kind of waking up and listening to what you're talking what you and your team are talking about when it comes to social entrepreneurship you know conscious capitalism all these different things that the world is needing to do in order for us to survive and emerge from whatever's been happening this past year in a better place big time for sure i mean have you have you noticed that because i know you're doing social entrepreneurship have you noticed that there's been a shift that's been going on out there in terms of people embracing more of what your message is and what you guys have been talking about what you guys stand for yeah i think there's been an ongoing shift that's um escalating now right mm-hmm. um especially yeah. in 2020 like you mentioned with these unique circumstances but this <laughs> shift has been taking place for a while because mm-hmm. if you look as you go generation to generation from boomers down to gen z and um every generation is more inclined to support sustainable practices they're more mm-hmm. inclined to buy consciously they're more inclined right. to support you know um people who are fighting like 
plastic pollution and all these things, Mm -hmm. or to start businesses that actually mean something to them, or at a minimum, work for a company that aligns to their values, right? It's not just, oh, I have my family, this is my fun part of my life, and then I work, right? And it's just to make money, put food on the table, and it makes me miserable to get out of bed. Like this whole, oh, I'm getting out of bed on Monday, like, that that is such crap. Like, how did we ever get there? You know what I mean? Like, I I just and people would ask me, Adam, would you consider work life balance a core value? I had someone ask me that, and I was like, I don't think that there's such a thing for starters. Right. Like, there is no work life balance. There's just life and how we choose to live it. Because right. you can't be successful just working or just with your family. It's the combination of all these things. Take care of your health do the work you love, make a difference in people's lives, give back, take care of your family to share experiences. It all mm-hmm. goes together. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, it, and it's one of those things where I have to actually sometimes draw a pie chart with some of my students and clients and say, look, here's your life. Here's work. It's just like this little sliver of this entire pie chart of your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, I think it's a very 80s things. You know, back in the 80s, it was like worth like balance. You know, you got to work hard, play hard. You know, it's the 80s guy, you know, the corporate mergers, acquisition, hostile Ugh. takeovers, all those different things where it was a dog eat dog world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's called evolution, right? Man's evolution, humanity's evolution, evolving in a direction that is so that we become better stewards of the planet, better inhabitants of this world that we live in. Exactly. You know, exactly. I, I feel like I feel like we're we're going back. We're, we went forward to learn new technology to go backwards to the core essence of what it means to tribe, what it means to be a village, what it means to be united. Right. Yeah. I think there is that deeper sense of community that's well, it's it's more important than ever right now, that's for sure. And I think, mm-hmm. unfortunately, we're, we're going against a lot of forces that are preventing that or, you know, mm-hmm. intentionally preventing that. So we all do need to remember that we're kind of like connected. And I think the younger the generation, the more they do realize that there is this connection around the world. And like I like what you said. We are stewards of this planet. We're not on Earth. We are part of it. Like if the Earth right. fails, we fail. <laughs> right. right. And if we fail, the Earth keeps going. Exactly. Like that. I mean, duh. Right. It's just so like I had an argument with my parents and they're like, I'm like, you can't possibly and I don't want to get into politics, but support the current president and all this stuff. And they're like, well, I may not like him as a person, but I'm not going to pay more taxes. I'm not going to pay for other people's kids to go to school. I'm like, I'm like, God, your whole mentality is just so flawed when it comes to that. And that's the older generation. They're indoctrinated with that mindset. Right. It's the me versus we conversation. Yes, that. Yes. And it's so fascinating when you see what I love about what's going on right now. You get an opportunity to just kind of kind of check in to see where the uh, the the you the youth of America as a as a country versus other countries in the world, how it's really starting to play out. Because you see other countries, they all band together and work together to achieve a, like take Taiwan, for example, you know, with this whole yeah. pandemic and everything. Like, they've had seven deaths this whole time. Wow. wow. <laughs> because the entire country said, okay, we're locking down. Everybody's going to comply. We're just going to make sure that we all survive and stay alive and be happy and healthy. Right. I love that. Um, and then, and then there's the rest of the world and then there's America. <laughs> you know? I, yeah. It's just a whole, that's a whole other podcast right there. Yeah, yeah exactly. But uh, you know, what I, what, what I, what I love about what's, what you guys stand for is that, you know, the, the whole, the whole social, you know, entrepreneurship construct is, is become even, I mean, what was it? 
what was I going to say? I was going to say something about <laughs> I was going to say something about what your what what your parents were saying. It's you know, it's it's that old yeah, you're right. They've been indoctrinated and it's the whole concept around what what most human beings struggle with is this change. And your yeah. platform is all change creators. So it's perfect with what's going on in the world. I think it's more relevant than ever before what your platform stands for, which is about being willing to embrace change. And it's interesting because I feel like nature has forced man to say, hey, you need to change or die, right? You need to evolve or die. Yeah. And the literally people have been dying and their people have been evolving, right? Uh, and, and yeah, it's an ongoing thing. I mean, I, I listened to someone talk once and they said, you have to understand, like, stop blaming other people for the issues. Stop, mm -hmm. you know, complaining. It's it's look at what the earth is telling you that it's telling yeah. us everything that is wrong. It shows right. us what's wrong. We can choose to ignore it and rationalize things because some moron is, you know, a leader that doesn't get it. Or we can, you know, dig deep and listen to what is being told and take care of the problem. Like it, 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 it it's. There is the battle right there, doing mm -hmm. what's right and doing what's financially viable. That's the ongoing battle between two worlds, old mindset and new mindset. Right. And it's just a matter of who's going to rise after the dust settles, right? And I think it this particular circumstance that we've dealt with in this, we've been dealing with this, this and continue to be dealing with in this past year, uh, this year, is, is, that, is an opportunity for, we're kind of like, we're being forced to rise above the rubble, and if we don't yeah. rise above the rubble, we're those that won't aren't willing to shift, change, evolve, and grow will literally be left behind. And there's nothing those that who are heart centered like us, who are conscious like that, wanting to help those those people who are refusing to change. We're in a type of circumstance that feels like that it may not, that we there's nothing that even we can do about it to, in right. terms of helping those that don't want to help themselves. Uh, for sure. I mean, one thing we teach in the Captivate Method is if you want to go broke quickly with your marketing, try to change someone's worldview. Right. Exactly. <laughs> because it's just you're going to spend a lot of time and a lot of money and it's very, very difficult, just like right. you can share the facts all day long, but that's not what changes minds. It's not right. logic. Yeah, it's 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 a very deep, profound thing, and I, I love that you said that. It's not logic because most of the problems, most of the challenge we had, we have within our world today, is there due to illogical reasons. Otherwise, we would have solved it already. Well, exactly, exactly. I mean, it's just. I mean, listen, we got a group of people on this planet that think the the Earth is flat. I mean, come on, this is like <laughs> we can go that far. I mean, a human being. The human mind is so malleable. Like it, right. we can be convinced of anything. We can right. be we have people convinced to go blow themselves up in the in the name of whatever. We have right. people convinced that the earth is flat. Like you can be a human being can be convinced of anything and believe it to the core. Yeah. And that's the pros and cons of being human, right? The pro is that we can learn and develop and believe and create a world however we want to create it. The con is the exact same thing. We can believe and create the world and however we want to create it. I mean, that's are, it, it seems so simple. It really does. Yeah. It's just Ah, just so many barriers, uh, subconscious barriers to get over. And we have a lot of old generation that kind of need to get out of the picture in a sense and get fresh blood in there with fresh perspective, you know? Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. think that's just uh, an Maybe that's thing. what nature did this past year. And they kind of stepped in and said, okay, then I'll help you guys out. For those of you who are <laughs> wanting to evolve in the planet and help the planet become a better planet, 
let me step in and help out a little bit. I've got some power. <laughs> it's <in> natural selection. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, and and I'm not to not to be like not and uh, uh, un, un, unempathetic. Is that a word? Unempathetic? No. Sure. Not, it is now. It is now. Okay, but you guys know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but the, there. But if you were to kind of like take the hundred thousand foot view, right? Look at it from a cosmic sense. You know. We, we have an opportunity here. And I think um, what I love about what you guys are doing is that you guys are part of that opportunity. I mean, you guys will f- be facilitators and, and, uh, and, and uh, of that opportunity, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is all about like the, the, the core essence of what Change Creator started is one, I realized I had to use the digital marketing skills I had, right? I didn't want to mm-hmm. use them for WebMD anymore. So I want to share them with other entrepreneurs and get them, um, you know, moving forward because we want to build businesses that have mm-hmm. a different approach, a different pattern of decision making. Um, because if we can get more businesses off the ground that way with this mm-hmm. mindset, the world collectively is better, right? We can't have right. more massive like plastic pollution, just opportunistic companies. We need meaningful, socially uh, minded companies. And that's right. what we're trying to cultivate as the new norm, right? Like right. we shouldn't have to identify someone as a social entrepreneur. If I say this is an entrepreneur, that should automatically mean that they're doing something meaningful. They're helping people. They're serving the right. world. They're not, there's no byproduct or terrible cost to what they're doing. Right. Yeah. It's improved the footprint on the planet as an entrepreneur because, you know, the, the pure entrepreneur, I th- you know, the, the, the pure entrepreneur is someone that solves problems in the world and gets monetized, you know, and, and gets compensated for it. Yeah, you know, the entrepreneurs exactly. really are, are the problem solvers of the world. And I think what you're saying is it's important for us to now consider, you know, the byproduct of our endeavors on solving the problems in the world and, instead of creating more problems, continue to be part of the solution, right? Be part of the solution, exactly. I just spoke with um, the head of global strategy and leadership at uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers. His name is uh-huh. Blair Shepard. And mm-hmm. he wrote this book and did all this research. It's a massive company. And they're like, there's yeah. four areas of crises going on. And over the, we have about 10 years to really start figuring it out. And he's like, the number, there's two really key areas for the solution, entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and investors, and mm-hmm. so everybody we're talking to, this is the most accessible time in history to become an entrepreneur and get started doing something big or small where you take your own qualities, your own truth, and you put it out there to serve others in a mm-hmm. way that positively creates momentum forward for everybody, right? So it's like, right. we're all teachers, we're all students, we uh-huh. all have a story that serves people. Right? right. Stories have created all social progress throughout history. Stories have created the biggest movements around history and it can create your business success because that's how you get people to understand what you're about and get them right. on board with what you do. Yeah. Now, it just occurred to me that, you know, I think part of what was able to facilitate your 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 ability to be able to break away from the golden handcuffs of WebMD, right? Yeah. And to jump into this pool of who knows what's going to happen entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um and I and it sounds like it was because you recognized there were gifts and and skill sets that 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 you uniquely brought to the table that could be better utilized in a different space, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, as, yeah, that's exactly it. One didn't want to continue down the path that wasn't my truth, and I had to figure out what my truth was. Mm-hmm. And so, two, I realized I have all these skills 
and I can help entrepreneurs with these things. I mean, that was the idea. So I'm starting a media company, a digital like kind of company, because that's where my skill sets were. Now, when we got into actually creating this program, the Captivate Method, and teaching storytelling strategies for business, we have our own unique strategies there. Um, that is all grounded in my my past. So we're combining me and two other partners, all of our experience in digital marketing, storytelling. I couldn't sell a $2 million deal at WebMD without storytelling, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, right. this is what makes that stuff happen. It's not the, 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 the data that I pulled. It's, it's how I wrap that data in a story. It's how you put it all together and position it. And most of these people, like I said, they're entrepreneurs who have the passion, they have the ideas, but they don't know how to get people to hear them and they don't know how to get people to become, uh, uh, win their hearts and win their wallets, I should say. Right. And how about the, so, so how about those people who are listening to you right now? Mm. They're inspired and excited like, wow, here's another person that is able to break away from their nine to five that they really got to a point where they just said, I don't want to do this. I'm burning out because I'm not, I don't feel like it's meaningful to me. Yeah. I, I think one of the things, I think the biggest challenges that, that a lot of people have is, well, what is, what are my skills? How do I find my purpose? How do I identify my gifts? And how, how were you able to do that where so many people struggle with that to the point, you know, some people don't even find it ever and they find themselves yeah. retiring going, I don't know what I did in my yeah. life. <laughs> I still have the original notebook that's totally full of all kinds of crazy ideas and notes. And I got to a point where um, I was riding on the train from Philly to New York all the time and trying to figure this out. Right. Mm-hmm. And I ended up calling it self-inventory. Um, you know, what are my skills? What are my gifts? What are mm-hmm. the, cause you can have a skill and be good at it. It doesn't mean it's something that you love to do. It just means you right. happen to be good at it. And right. what are my values as a person? And I had these like diagrams where I was really rattling out all this information about myself and then trying mm-hmm. to find the most important intersections of like, well, right. h- how do I actually do that? Cause I started doing like volunteer work and I had all these business ideas, but I wasn't leveraging the skills I already had, which made it a long, difficult road. Right. So right. I tried to create a hemp water bottle to replace plastic bottles, like all kinds oh, of nice. crazy stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Oh, Sorry, my headset unplugged. Um, yeah, yeah. So I was doing all kinds of things, and it was the self inventory that led me to say, "Wait a minute." And 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 I would say the trial and error. Like you can't uh-huh. just make a list of things, and you may not know the answer way. You may say, "Well, I like all this stuff, and I want to do all these things." And so you have to make that list and say, "Well, let's try this first. Let's do a volunteer. How do we get involved and check it out, and then uh-huh. cross it off your list if it doesn't feel like that's the thing that's going to be your." your truth, you know? Um, so you have to just get started on that journey and start taking action. Stop thinking about it so much, get your ideas down, understand what are your values? What are your skills? What are the things you're passionate about? Um, all that stuff. Where's the intersection? How do you, how do you serve people? What do people come to you in the past and ask for your help with? Like, what is it that they see you as? Yeah. No, I love that because I think what's important, I think one of the most important things that you did that a lot of people just forget to do because they try to do it all in their head. They try to meditate and think it all in their head. But the, the power of being able to get it out of your head, writing it down is a, I mean, I think writing is a miracle in itself just because of all it takes yeah. to actually be able to translate what's in your head onto a piece of paper. Yep. And But by doing so, you, you, you almost 
anchor it out into a space where you can actually observe what the heck is going on in there. And when you first started doing it, were there some trivial like skill sets? You're like, this is not all that special, but I'm going to write it down anyway. I wrote everything down. So like the way mm-hmm. I would do it is I would write everything down as list up to like 20, 30 things. And then I'd circle my top five. You know, so I, I'd start, I'd first word vomit, like, don't let anything stop you. Don't think about it. Put everything down. And then you start circling. All right, here's the top five. Here's the top two I want to try. Here's like, you know, and I started narrowing it down. So it was a distillation process. So you, you basically, like you said, you vomited everything out, dumped everything out on, on your, on your journal, your notepad, and then you went back to kind of organize what was vomited. (laughs) Exactly. You got to start without, we got to be unhinged. Don't think about it. Just put everything down there. Just get it on paper. It doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. You don't have to think at all. And then you can go back and say, all right, what are the top five most important values for me? What are the, you know, like, and we go through a lot of these processes too, like, in the, in the program, we've had people literally come in with certain intentions for their business to learn storytelling. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. then they go through the process that we go through, which is really deep. And they're like, yeah. I haven't thought about these things in a long time or talked about them, especially and like seen it in words on paper. And when yeah. they do, they're like, I think I got to pivot my business. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I'm sorry to hear that. But in the end, you're going to be happier in the end. Yes, I love that. In the end, you're going to be happier. And ultimately, that's what it's all about, right? That's I mean, what it's all about. And and that's what you're doing. You're identifying yourself at the core so that you can create the life that aligns to that way. We have a lot of distractions around us. And uh-huh. as we get older as a child and we get older, the mm-hmm. external world becomes our dominating force for how we live our life. And we grow more and more distant to the internal who I am and what I'm really all about. And all of a sudden you have this big gap. We got to start reeling it back in. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. And, you know, and and I I like how you made reference that as we get older, this is something that is almost like super important things to do because of all the layers of life that we've gone through. And it and we can inadvertently get ourselves caught up in old paradigms that no longer serve us. You know, right. as you know, you're 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 40 now, right? And as yeah. I as I get closer to that 50 mark, it's like it's, I'm so grateful for mm-hmm. being able to have like conversations like I'm having with you and being able to have that awareness that I've invested at a very uh, well, not very early, but you know, about 15, 20 years or so. Um, I just can't imagine those that are just starting out. And I think um, these processes, these systems that you're providing through, through Change Creator and through, what was that called again? The the, method, the Captivate Method. The, the Captivate Method. It, it expedites that process of unlocking those things that normally through books, right, would take like decades, right, to kind of <laughs> That's unravel. It, That's it. Right? You know, and, and, and this is why this is why you and I do what we do is that, yeah, sure, people can do self-help. They can go to their books. They can take the what I like to call the slow route. Right. Yeah. But yep. if you want to if you're like like it sounds like you and I are like the same ilk, like we're kind of impatient entrepreneurs. I want results. I want it faster. So guess what? Let's go beyond just what everybody else is doing. Let's go deeper. Let's have systems. Let's have processes. Let's have tools. Yeah. Such as the Captivate method, which will then unlock things quicker, save you years of struggle. 
<laughs> that's the idea. I mean, that's and that's how we, with our skills and our background, serve others in this world. Like I said, we're all teachers, we're all students, and then they take that what they learn from us, and they can better serve other people who serve other people, right? So mm-hmm. we're kind of paying it forward. And yes, like you want to be successful, you're going to have to invest in yourself. It's so funny, way yeah. because. We hear it all the time. Well, once I get this much sales or do this, then I'll invest. I'm like, no, in order to get those sales, you need to invest. Like, and we all make these mistakes because we're, we're, we don't know better. We don't know any better. Yeah. I mean, I say all the time, the, the, the keys to the kingdom of the life that you want lies within you and not from what you you know, what you set as a goal or yeah. something. It's all yeah. inside there and it's waiting for you to unlock that. So that's it, man. And, and you know, at the end of the day, I will tell people, listen, entrepreneurship is not just about how much marketing dollars you have. That'll translate to success. Otherwise everybody would be successful. Right. It is so much more than that. And don't, while it is stressful and it's not for everybody, um, it's also very rewarding to live the life that you truly want to live and wake up every day fighting for that. So I love Alan Watts. He's a philosopher and he mm-hmm. said, I'm going to butcher this. It's not the exact quote, but the idea is he's like, listen, the point of a song is not to get to the end. The point of the song is to enjoy the dance. So remember to enjoy the dance, be excited that you're waking up every day, pursuing something that you know is uh-huh. meaningful to you. And that, that process is part of it. No, you might not be rich and you might not have all the money that you want right away this stuff is not easy and it takes time so give yourself like a little slack and just figure out how to keep going that's all right and i think if the the pursuit of happiness and the pursuit of creating the life that you want and if you detach yourself at the same time making sure that you 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 optimize your relationship with money the wealth and abundance that you want actually comes with that as soon as you let go of just wanting that to be the main focus it does. I mean, yeah, it does. And it's a combination. It's kind of just like changing your mindset. And yes, you have to say, yes, I love money. It makes, it gives me control, it gives me opportunity. It allows me to help more people. That's why we want money, right? right. So it's not like I just want money because I want to be rich. It's because it, in the current system we live in, it allows you to have certain uh, flexibilities that are important to your life and helping others. That's what it's all about. So you got to just get your mind right on that. And it doesn't just happen overnight because you started doing some affirmations. It might right. take you a year, two years to really start making real money with a business because again, it's not easy. I'll give one example, which is Warren Buffett. Who doesn't want to be as rich as Warren Buffett? Well, guess <laughs> what? If you followed the Warren Buffett method, it would take you like him, nine years of trial and error investing and going broke before he made his first million. You right. want to follow that model? <laughs> right, right, exactly. And, and, and I think that has to do with kind of what you were talking about. How do you find your gifts? How do you find your skills? You just could be willing to vomit for a little bit and then just not vomit a little bit, but like, you know, get everything out, trip and fall, figure it out, scratch your head moments, but be willing to have this, put everything out on the table and be completely honest and authentic and true yep. to yourself. Right. That's, that is a key. And people might say, well, how am I going to make money if I pursue my dream like this and my truth? Um, the money unfortunate, anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing I say. The unfortunate reality is get excited because the ball's in motion. You're pursuing your truth. Great. You're going to do that. But at the same time, you might have to do something else and straddle two worlds until you make enough money with that pursuit. Yeah. And, and, and it's, there's something to be said about that. When you identify your purpose, when you identify what really, truly drives you, and like you, you were saying earlier, is that 
you are willing to do anything. You will have the drive and the energy and the motivation to do whatever it takes because you know, you can feel that in the deep core of your being that this yeah. is what I'm here to do, right? That's it, man. And it's as totally a result, it. And you yeah. look at it too, you build these businesses from this really important place of yourself. And then you look back and, and if you tell someone, oh yeah, well, I started this business for this reason or whatever, I solved this problem. They're going to be like, oh my God, that's totally you. Of course you did that business. Right. Like it's a reflection <laughs> of who you are. If I tell someone I'm out here trying to change the world as an entrepreneur and helping, they're going to be like, oh, that's Adam fighting deforestation, plastic pollution. That's what he does. I was always an activist at heart, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then now as a result of doing everything and investing in yourself, you've now created this abundantly successful, growing, evolving business, helping people across the board and it's doing some amazing work and then still keeping it in alignment with what you're here to do and what you want to do and what your footprint is on this planet during this lifetime. Right. That, that's exactly it. And we talk about that too. We're like, listen, when we changed from the magazine to this, we had to figure out how are we going to bring in more substantial revenue to support our mission and stay in line with that mission, right? We don't want right. to just go after the money. It's got to stay in line with who we are and the mission. Mm -hmm. And that's where those guiding principles come in. When you build a business around your values and stuff, they are your decision-making North Star. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's amazing, you know. Mm. Well, well, believe it or not, uh, we're actually at the top of the hour. We're actually at cool. Yeah, we ran out of time. So here's the thing. A lot of people will probably be hearing this and say, wait a minute. This is so cool. I want to I want to learn about this Captivate method. I want to learn about this. How do people, you know, if, if they're inspired by what you're saying, and I'm sure a lot of people will be as soon as they hear this, uh, how do they get connected with you? How do they engage with you, your team, or what it is yeah. that you're all about? Because there are so many people that have the same intention, have the same desire, but just don't know where to begin. Right, of course. Um, so to make it really easy, you can go and learn more about some of these things uh, at changecreator.com forward slash go big. All right. So changecreator.com mm -hmm. forward slash go big. A couple of free resources there to kind of like take a first step, like the storytelling roadmap, like some ideas, what you need to know, what you need to be thinking about. But we also have the impact business blueprint there. Um, that is really like, what are the key things you should be putting your time and energy towards as you build uh. your business? Um, both of them will give you an opportunity to join our masterclass to learn more about the Captivate method. But those are a good first step before you get there. Yeah, no, I think that's a great piece because one of the biggest challenges that you hear, I'm sure you hear all the time too, and I hear it from entrepreneurs is, I got this great idea. I wanted. To, I don't even know where to begin. I don't know where to start. I don't know how where I should be investing my time and energy yep. and maybe even money to get me to where I want to go. Right. That's exactly it. Happens yeah. all the time. And we're all like, like I mentioned to you before we started recording, it's like a dog with the squirrel. It's like you right. get an idea, you're running off and chasing it. Squirrel, and you know, squirrel. <laughs> you, know you, you need programs like yours and mine to be like the guardrails and keep you on the road and be like, right. no, 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 don't. You're not like if you're making this much money, like you need to you need to focus on certain things during certain points of your career as an entrepreneur. So we've got yeah. to focus on the right things. Remember what we did. We made that mistake. 80 grand in the hole is like right. doing the right things at the wrong time. Like I would mm -hmm. definitely reorder the way we did things. So we're helping you avoid these things, you know? Yeah. 
Exactly. And, you know, and, and that's the same thing. And for, you know, wh- whoever is starting out, your own journey is going to be much of the same as well. You're going yeah. to be tripping and falling and then you'll be pay it forward from the learnings that you have. So, you know, I think what, what it, so so with that in mind, what is one thing that if someone's listening to this, this is great. They're in a position where you were thinking about breaking away, starting their own thing, or they're at a point where you were with the like $80,000 in, you're like, whoa, we're not making enough money to sustain this business. What is one thing that you would recommend that they, they do to kind of help them shift, pivot, and adapt so that they can change their circumstance? What is one thing that will kind of give a nudge in that direction? Yeah, I mean, I think that, I guess I would say, two things, honestly, is Mm -hmm. one, you have to make sure that you're looking at your business in an honest way Mm -hmm. and look at what's working and what's not and asking the right questions. Um, I, you know, I read a book uh, that they said, number one reason people get entrepreneurs get stuck is because they're asking bad questions. Um, Get to the root of something because, you know, like, you know, you and I both know Caitlin, like she talks about the symptoms. A lot Uh of times we're seeing symptoms. So, you know, we got to be very clear about what we're solving for because you can spend a lot of time solving the wrong problems. Um, And then, of course, I get right into mindset. You should from day one be aware of mindset and work on it all the time. Like it's just part of your process as an entrepreneur to constantly work on your own self, uh, you know, development. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, it makes a lot of sense because that chatter can really kind of get in the way of things and can cloud your ability to make the best decisions for your business. Right. I think. Yeah. Actually, you know what I would add to way, Uh this is, you know, I'm surprised I didn't think of this first is when you're, if you're just, well, I love the people that are 80 grand in the hole. And what happens is like, they finally are willing to listen to what someone has to say when that Mm -hmm. happens. Mm -hmm. And so what I would say is you have to start making decisions based on what will create a viable revenue channel to get you to the next step with your business and the Mm -hmm. next idea or offer. If you're, Mm -hmm. if you're not, if you're running like, Oh, I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to do this digital magazine, all these things. And you're doing things that aren't going to really create a profitable revenue channel. Right. You, I, you're going down the wrong road. So like, think about learn how do you sell? Don't outsource your sales. Like that's why right. we teach the storytelling stuff because you need to be the number one salesperson as CEO of your business. Right. You have to know how to talk to your customers, who they are, what's in their hearts, what's in their minds. Like you have to know this stuff. So right. focus on intimacy getting, building relationships, understanding the audience, like it's key. Yeah. Super cool. You know, and it sounds like you're speaking from experience. (laughs) (laughs) I, oh my God, you have no idea. Yeah. Awesome. It's, you know, that's the way it goes. Yep. And then that's entrepreneur. That's what makes entrepreneurship so fun. As long as you take that mindset of what that's, what that's all about. That's it. So, but man, Adam, thank you so much. I appreciate all the gemstones of knowledge you've dropped on this episode and just kind of your willingness to be just open, vulnerable, and just authentic and, and just sharing, you know, just how big your heart is and what it is that you're here to do on this planet. So I'm really grateful that you were able to kind of, we were able to coordinate and you're able to make time to be on this episode. Yeah, I mean, you're welcome. Thank you so much. 
I appreciate you having me. It was a fun conversation. Yeah, man. Okay, cool. So well, that's it for this episode. Now, if you found it to be valuable and know of someone else that could benefit from what we talked about today, sharing is caring. So share it. And if you made it this far into this episode, then there probably was something good enough to keep you around. So make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify to make sure you don't miss another awesome episode. So uh, that's a wrap. Have an amazing time taking all the amazing, cool, chain-creating knowledge you got from Adam today. And then join me on the next episode of the Money Lab Podcast. This is Wei and Adam signing off. See ya. See ya. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.